I'm like, the woman just came off the stage and just went flat out into preaching and teaching and revelating. And I hope you caught it because that was powerful. And, um, you know, I love the way God just threads things together. Isn't he so cool? And um, I did not make it to prayer today, Dr. Danielle. So I ask for your forgiveness. My luggage and getting my car. I'm going to blame that. I'm going to blame it. I mean, I was up at five, but that didn't matter. It was just still, I was late. Anyway, but when I walked in and I heard you doing the Q&A and just what I heard, I thought, I just know God's in what we're going to talk about today. And it is a leadership moment for us. And a worthy leader has just spoken to you in both cases, Dr. Danielle Ratt and Pastor Tarn Cross, apostle, prophetess, you name it. She is it, teacher. But uh, let me just reintroduce, uh, yesterday, many of you were in here and you got to hear uh, Pastor Jojo, uh, the just, dear God, did anybody hear the woman sing last night? I'm sorry. If ever you have heard a trumpet sound on a platform, it is this woman of God. She is a mighty, mighty trumpet in the spirit. And when she stood flat-footed, I saw you little cute flat shoes last night. Yes, I did. Oh, yes, I did. She didn't need any help for no high heels. She stood flat-footed. And when she opened that mouth, I'm telling you, it penetrated. It penetrated into the heavens, and heaven just set right down in here when she opened her mouth. So if you don't know her, get to know her. I don't know what you've got. Podcast, download, RTTN music. I don't know, but you need to like, follow, share, whatever she's got. You need to be about it, because I'm telling you, she's powerful. And then on the very end, Sister Lee is back with us again. Listen, I don't know if you got to listen to the Preacher Girl Summit online, but I want you to go and follow it. Give me your last name again, Sister. Krenitz Rivera. I know I couldn't probably pr- pronounce Krenitz correctly. That's why I want to make yes. sure she said it. It's Lee Krenitz Rivera. Rivera. Yes. And let me tell you something. You want to know all about her as well. This woman is powerful. I, I want to know. I, I have scratched the surface of knowing her, but like I want us to be friends for a long time because oh, I want will. her to teach me all about Jesus. She's been raised in a Jewish home, a Jewish culture. She has revelation knowledge that I, as just a Christian coming up in a Christian world did not come up with. And so when she just starts talking, it revelates and it makes your baby just jump in your spirit. And you're like, I didn't see the scripture like that, but now I do. And it's powerful. Her testimony is revolutionary. And so if you can like, follow, share anything she does as well, I want you to do that. Then sitting next to her, you've already heard the revelator, uh, Sister Tarn Cross, my Lord. She is my new sister in the Lord. Like we have... Listen, this woman, she's just an encourager and she doesn't know it. She probably doesn't have to try. It just comes out of her naturally. She stood on some of the largest platforms in the world, not just in this nation, but in the world. And she's here with us right now and just ready to expound her great wisdom. So I'm thankful for her. And then sitting next to her, you heard her just... I don't know, dropped the mic and looked so cute doing it yesterday. I'm talking. I said, girl, you are working those striped pants. You tell, hear me right now? I'm going this week and I'm buying me some striped pants and I'm going to see if I can get that kind of anointing. Do you hear me? That woman, Lord, she tore it up. She is powerful. She is prolific. She can sing. She can preach. She can teach. She does it all. She is the swirl all by herself. 
and this is Pastor Amanda Crabb. Can we just thank her? She's new on the panel today. We love you and we honor you like a whole lot. Do you hear me? A whole lot. And um, I love all of these gals that we get to. And somebody else might join us, Dr. Danielle. You please feel free to come up here. I know she's resting for a moment, but when you're ready, you just come, you pick this microphone up and we will yield to you uh, at any time. So this is gonna be a little bit different session today for what time we have remaining because I want you to know the main event is coming. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you that now, so whatever seatbelt you've got in your purse or pocketbook or backpack, you need to get it. If you need oxygen, you might want to get that out of your bag now. She comes in pint-sized packaging, but she is nothing more than TNT dynamite. And she's coming today loaded and ready and full with the Word of God. And your life is about to be changed. So I'm just saying, like Bishop Jakes will say, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, because it's coming. So this is going to be a great session leading up to that uh, today. So I just want you to know it's going to be powerful today. But I know we stepped into something when I walked in and the conversation was what it was today. And I knew it was the conf confirmation of the Lord. Back on uh, 9-8, uh, 2022, just a couple of weeks ago, uh, was the day of the death of the queen. She went home to be with the Lord. And uh, I was having the privilege to get to preach at Pastor Shero's uh, immersion conference that day. And just before uh, I went, I began to look up that word monarch because as it's being revealed to you, it had been revealed to us, this models and monarchs. And by the way, isn't Pastor Shero the cutest thing on YouTube? Oh my gosh. We could listen to her all day long, right? And when she walks in, she better get up here and get a microphone too. Uh, but I'm just telling you, I was like, why well, cut the video off? Oh my gosh, this is the best video ever, right? She's so good. I could listen to her teach all day long. But she, um, she began to unfold this thing about monarchs and models. And so that day, I just began to look up that word monarch. And immediately, I saw that the monarchs were in migration, their final migration for this year. And I heard the Lord say, the monarchs are on the move. So I went to that conference that night and I began to release that word that that was what the Lord was saying, that the monarchs are on the move and there's a movement in the kingdom. He was speaking to me from the butterfly, the monarch butterfly, but I knew that there was a greater kingdom revelation and that the monarchs are on the move and there's a shifting in the kingdom season right now. And this is very important for you. You did not just come to any conference. This is a gathering of the ecclesia and you are being affirmed, you're being charged, you're being equipped, and you're being announced as well. This is announcing. I've been here for this whole thing. I remember years ago when you were seated, those of you that have been here, you were in a reseating ceremony the first year that these new chairs were put in. So this is a progressive work of God for those that keep being called back to this particular gathering. So I, I reminded myself this morning of what the Lord had told us. Then I remember Pastor Kevin saying it this week that this was a moment of upgrade, that God's upgrading you and that we know that on the, on the Hebraic calendar right now, we're getting ready to shift over this weekend to a new year. And I told you we're going from a diminished sound to a major shift. There's a major shift that's about to happen. I know that Pastor Devin will unpack as much of that as she can for you today. There's just not enough hours. Every time we get together, more drops from the Spirit. So it is an ongoing progressive revelation. But this is what I want to tell you. If God's repositioning people, these movement on the chessboard, then we have to 
begin to accept who we're called to be. That's why, young lady, your question, as you came a moment ago, it was not accidental that I sat down just as you asked the question. Because this is what we're all going to be fighting in the kingdom, and I want us to talk about it just for a moment. There's something that you know in the counseling world, and it's called an imposter syndrome. An imposter syndrome. And I want to read to you the clinical definition of that. It's just simply doubting your abilities and feeling like a fraud. It disproportionately affects high achieving people who find it difficult to accept their accomplishments. Now, most of us in this room, if you're like me, you'd say, well, I don't really think I've accomplished a whole lot. But God doesn't see it that way. Even your deliverance, woman of God, do not discount what God has done for you. And I want you to understand that. The enemy will always try to make you think that you've not climbed high enough, you've not been delivered enough, and God's so gracious to us, he will deliver us in layers. So you are right and good in your thinking that there are layers that are coming off of you. But I want you to be assured those layers are only coming off of you to reveal who you really are by the Spirit. You are not a fraud, you are not an imposter, you are simply peeling off the layers of who God really intended for you to be in the kingdom. So that's what we're dealing with is that we are dealing with this now. If God is saying to us, and so I said, put your seatbelt on because this next session is going to be one more layer of putting on your identity as you go back to your home that God is getting ready to show you visible and tangible and revelatory uh, words of affirmation over you that say you are not who you came in here on Thursday night. God sees you differently. And what we have to do is begin to get comfortable in our skin. And I love what you said, Pastor Tarn, because it's so true. We are dealing with a world trying to tell us who we are to be. May I just say, Pastor Cheryl's not here and I'm not stealing her thunder, but the Kylie Jenner image that she saw, I felt like, I'm not trying to interpret her dream. Pastor Cheryl, if you're listening, don't get on to me later. This is just what I felt. But when I felt it, I felt like it was a generation of idolatry that that generation has been raised in idolatrous behavior. And so now the monarchs, God's having to position the monarchs beside the idols so that the monarchs who have the rightful seat of government can tear down the giants and tear down the idols. We have permission to go to the high places and tear down the idolatrous altars of wickedness in this nation. So with that being said, the struggle that we have is to recognize God's calling us a monarch and God's calling us to an upgrade. God's calling us to a higher position. I want to just, first of all, talk about it my own self, and then I'm going to turn it over to you guys to go in. First of all, just let me say, people in the Bible have the same issue. Moses, I have it here where it says, the Lord heard him and said, behold, the city of the sons of Israel have come to me. They've seen the oppression with which each, the Egyptians are oppressing them. And now come, and I will send you to Pharaoh. Moses, I will send you to Pharaoh. Do you hear the word of the Lord? I want you to governmentally, governmentally. God is asking us as women of God, he's going to ask us to govern governmentally. Don't miss that. There's a shifting in the kingdom right now. 
This is what's happening. There's a governmental shift. That's why we're having to understand our identity. It's having to be revealed to us. And we're having to get used to wearing new garments that don't feel like they fit us. And he goes on to say, I will send you to Pharaoh so that you may bring my people, the sons of Israel, out of Egypt, out of worldliness, out of idolatry. Are you following along? So I just want to tell you from a personal standpoint, okay? This is like Michelle's stuff here. My life feels like I'm in an imposter syndrome, okay? I don't deserve to sit on a front row. I don't deserve people to bring me a hot water. I don't deserve that. I didn't earn that. But if I look at that, then what I look at is my own self-righteousness, okay? So what God has to do for me, and he's been telling me this for a long time through, have intercessors right here, dreams, visions. One of the intercessors said to me, the Lord said to you, do not give up your seat. And let me tell you why that was important that the Lord said that to me, because I want everybody to sit on this couch. I want everybody. I would gladly move right now to make room for you. But if it is God's intention for I must sit on the seat for my appointed season, then I would be in error to give up my seat, even if, out of, if it's out of the generosity of my heart. Do you see what I'm saying? So there are going to be places that God positions us that we cannot be afraid to sit, to rule, to reign, to direct, to lead, whatever God's asking us to do. And we're going to have to get used to the fact that he's given us new garments to wear. So I'm telling you from somebody that, I don't know if you think, oh, she just said it ought to be easy for her. It's never easy for me. Never any platform I get on is it easy for me. But what I have to tell myself is, I didn't ask to be here. What I did as a young girl was I surrendered my life to Jesus. I was the tambourine girl. I still am the tambourine girl. That has never changed. It never will change. My number one thing in my life is I am going to worship Jesus. And if it offends your protocol, you are the one that will have to deal with it, not me. Because one day I'm going to stand before my king and whatever lofty crowns or accolades or anything that I've acquired on this earth, I'm going to gladly lay them at his feet. I don't know if you had the poignant moment like I did when they took that crown off of Queen Elizabeth's coffin. I was absolutely sobbing as they removed the scepter and they removed the crown. And I said, she got her wish. She said in that famous speech that she would gladly lay her crown at the feet of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. So I want you to know, no monarch, no monarch, if they're a real monarch, wants to abuse their power that God has entrusted to them. They want to be a good steward of the power and the authority that God has entrusted to them. And that's what we're doing. But I wanted you to hear from some of the women up here. Maybe they'll have some deeper understanding or revelation about when we struggle, just like Esther, just like Moses, just like Joseph, just like Deborah, when God has entrusted them with greater roles of leadership 
And yet all they want to tell the Lord is, do you know that I stutter? Are you kidding me? You want me to go to Pharaoh? I stutter. I can't do this. And we continue to give God all of our excuses. So I want you to hear it from people that we have to live it on a daily basis so that it will help you when you go back home to say, if they can do it, I can do it. With God's help, I'm going to be able to do it and lead in the role. So somebody take it. For me, I, the battle in my mind, you know, I married Aaron Crabb with the Crabb family. And I, I still go, I don't know how I got there either. <laughs> I guess it was the cute pants. I don't know. It was. Uh, it was the cute pants. <laughs> it was part of it. It was part of it. <laughs> the argument that I have often had with God was, did I, did I, did I cheat my way here? Did I, am I in ministry just because I married a man in ministry? Because I'm a first generation preacher. I come from a long line of hellions. Um, this is true. I grew up in church from the time I was two years old. Um, I, was, I was in it, I was not of it. And I went to church with my abusers as well. So uh, my concept of church and God was very misconstrued. The dirt was put in my water. Yeah, yeah. And I remember hearing the Lord for the first time sitting at a Regis hair salon. <laughs> Random in Louisiana. Is there anybody from Louisiana in the room? God bless you. I, I was married and I remember asking the Lord, like, is there, is there more? Is there something more? For me specifically to do, to have my part, I worked the product table, I cleaned the toilets of the bus, and I shopped for groceries. That was my job, and I was happy doing it. But when I, when I began to pray and ask the Lord, okay, is there more? I sat down in a hair salon because we traveled all the time. And as this man was cutting my hair, this is before I really cared about who cut my hair, obviously. <laughs> and... That's <laughs> before I knew better. But God had an appointment. And this is something that I think we often miss because God couldn't possibly speak through somebody who's cutting my hair in Louisiana, right? And as I'm sitting there, he's, he's combing and he's trimming and all of a sudden he stops. He says, when did you know you were called? I said, excuse me? He said, when did you know that you were called? And I said, um, well, my husband is a minister. And so I guess when I, when I married him, I took the call on with him. And he literally stuck the comb in my face. And he said, you do know you're called to teach, right? Wow. He said, you know that, right? And I started sobbing my eyes out because that sense of you didn't get here by happenstance. You got here because you were on an assignment for the king before you were ever born. God knitted you together and the enemy's ultimate goal is that you would stand before the Lord and the Lord would say, I never knew you. And the, the reason the Lord one day would say, 
depart from me, I never knew you because what he put in you is not what would return to him. That is the enemy's ultimate assignment over your life is that the increase of what God put in you to return back to the kingdom would be invalid, void, or completely dismissed in your life. And so the constant battle, even 17 years of preaching later, almost 21 years of marriage is the same assignment that all of those years ago is that you're only here. You are only invited because your last name's Crab. You're only invited because, and listen, I honor my husband. I honor the lineage, but it's like you don't have the birthright. You don't have the right bloodline. And so, or you were abused. That's that spirit of shame. It is the constant. But the same God that delivered you in that one moment delivered me. And she's right. What truly was the turning point of my life in beginning to break it off? It is a constant yes in my mind. Every day that I get up, I have to say yes to the Lord and shut the voice of the enemy down. Every day that I get an assignment, I have to say, listen, I take authority every captive I take captive every thought and I judge it by the Spirit of God but I remember that what truly brought the freedom in my life was the Holy Ghost I got under the spout I prayed to God my testimony it began with if they knew where you came from If they knew the abuse, if they knew the choices that you had made, they would never want to hear anything from you. And so that condemnation spirit could only be flushed out by the river of living water. It could only, the blood of Jesus saved me and his spirit under the spout has kept me all the days of my life. When I cried out to God and said, if you don't do something in my life, I, I was going to leave my husband after two years of marriage because of the torment, because I didn't deserve to be in ministry, because what was I doing? watching everybody else get delivered and me still be bound, right? And and when I prayed that prayer in private, God spoke to another prophet who was at her sink, a housewife, put my face before her, said, you're going to go unlock what the enemy has tried to shut up inside of her. She met me in the street in Central City, Kentucky, unlocked me prophetically, read my mail, spoke things that no human had ever spoken or would possibly know about my life. And after deliverance moment, she said, now I'm going to pray that you are filled with the Holy Ghost. And I got to tell you, that river of living water from that moment, I found myself in the counseling session of the Holy Ghost of God on my face, in my closet, day in and day out. I have chosen to live in the river, whether I'm in my closet, whether I'm in the room with thousands, whether I'm in the grocery store or I'm driving in my car by myself, because it's that river that keeps the enemy's toxic ways flooding out of my life. And so the same devil that fights you is the same devil that fights us. But the same God that delivered me is the same God that delivers you. The same God that filled me with his presence that I choose to live in the overflow all the days of my life is the same Holy Ghost that fills you up. You just got to choose to stay under his glory. You have to choose every day. We want a magic pill, but it is a choice. 
It is a choice. Woo! All right. Don't hand the mic to me. Come on. I just want to first say that we are feeding off of the king's choicest meat this weekend. I need you all to know that what we are sitting under, we are feasting. We might be up here, but we're feasting feasting, with you. We are are. receiving from the Holy Ghost. So I just want to give honor to these women before I say a word, because the Lord is doing something special in this hour, and he is connecting dots, and he is making things come full circle, not just for us sitting up here, but for all of you that have placed your faith in him for such a time as this. Okay, I wanted to just preface what I'm about to say with that because I give honor and glory to God for this house, for Pastor Devin, for Bishop Kevin. I'm so grateful. Um, I, you know, my sister, Pastor Michelle, had mentioned a moment ago, I got a story to tell and it kind of just fits right in and I'm gonna give you the cliff notes, the dumbed down cliff notes version. There's not enough time for all of it. But I want you to know that your girl here, she was sold um, into this country. I was born in Bogota, Colombia, and at three months of age, I was sold into this country. And I was given to a Jewish family, and I was handed over to a mentally, undiagnosed mentally ill mother. I was severely abused. And then at the age of 15, there was a case founded against my mother through the New York City foster care system. And I got removed from her home. And while I was in foster care, all parental right was given up by my adopted parents. So now I was orphaned two times. Now, if you know anything about the enemy, he tries to destroy the seed at its infancy stage. Come on. If you read your Bible, you see the story of Moses. You see the story of Esther. You see all these stories of how the enemy tries to come and steal and rob and kill and destroy before that life can ever become something. So at a very young age, it was always kind of, there was this megaphone by the enemy that was blaring in my mind, in my spirit, in my soul, you don't belong. You are not wanted. Yeah. No one wants yes. you. Right. Wow. I hate the devil. But God knows the hour to come and to infiltrate every demonic stronghold. He knows how to break the voice of Satan over our lives. And so there were times where I've like struggled so much. I don't even belong in my marriage. I don't even belong with the children that God gave me. The enemy would tell me, you're not even worthy to be a mother over these five children that God gave you. You don't deserve success. You don't deserve to be among a group of women who haven't been through what you've been through. But it wasn't until I gave my life to the Lord that I realized No, I had a woman of God. The day I got saved, there was a woman of God. I fell madly in love with Jesus over 25 years ago, madly in love. And there was a woman, a woman preacher. That was not common 25 years ago. I mean, you know, we're not gonna get into all that, but 25 years ago, who said to me, God's gonna do great things with you. And I believed it. With every rebellious state on the inside of me, I believed it. I dared to believe that there was something great that was gonna happen, but I wanna say this. Pastor Michelle said something about governmentally, right? But here's here's what I heard. We have to govern 
mentally, okay? We gotta give the Holy Spirit room to govern us mentally. We were at a conference two weeks ago, immersed, and we were talking about the mind, how the mind has to be renewed and transformed daily. Yes. Just like Pastor Tarm was saying, daily. This is not, you know, we, we fall asleep and we get weary, because that's what the enemy wants. He wants to weary us with his lies. He wants to, us to be tormented. So daily we have to make this choice, like Pastor Amanda said, we can, you can. If I can, and let me tell you, I told you I gave you the dumbed down Cliff Notes version of my story. But if you were to really know all the things, there's no reason why I should even have breath in my lungs or to be able to have any inch of confidence to get up here and tell you anything. But I have not qualified myself in the same way that you have not qualified yourselves. It's the blood that has qualified us. Come on. It's the blood that causes you to sit where you are seated. So remember, govern mentally. You have that choice. You are free in Christ to say, no, I will not bow to this. I will not bow. I will, I will, I will, I will receive and I will maintain the word that God has spoken over me and I will give Holy Spirit room to speak into me anything that he wants to. You will not, and I just feel this prophetically to speak over you, you your seat in the beloved can never be taken away from you. It can never be taken away from you. You are at the apple of his eye. You are the apple of his eye this morning. This is a swirl. <laughs> um, she said the apple of God's eye and um, in an apple there are seeds and that seed has to be planted into good soil. And um, I'm just so thankful right now I can't look at them in the eye because I will sob. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, Lord. Um, but seeds, seeds, seeds. And um, I'm just so thankful that the Lord has sent women and fathers and brothers, sisters in my life to plant good seed and to speak life over me when I thought that I didn't belong <laughs> or that I needed to give up my seat. Um, I thought it was a humble thing to say, uh, let me just give up my seat. Um, but the Lord's teaching me that you can walk in confidence and humility. Jesus shows us how to do that so beautifully. But, um, Oh, I just see that word belong. As you said that, it's just highlighted. Tell your neighbor you belong here. You belong here. Um, my husband, Tobin, he took us driving this weekend through Chattanooga and I saw on um, one of the beautiful Chattanooga buildings, it said, you belong here. Some of you may have passed it uh, while coming, but it says, you belong here. And I remember not always feeling that way. Um, I love my parents. They are beautiful people inside and out. They love the Lord, the God of Abraham, yes. Isaac, and Jacob. 
Um, they were born in Haiti, and I used to be ashamed of that, and I would hide that, kind of like Esther hid that she was a Jew. And um, I remember when I was a teenager, I was working at a coffee shop, and this guy came up to me, and he read my name tag. It said Joanne Etienne, my maiden name at the time. And he was like, oh, that's those Haiti people. And he used another word. <laughs> and it just made me feel like dirt, like you said. I'm saying the pretty version right now. <laughs> um, and I just would shy away from where God called me from. I would never share where I was from. Um, until now. <laughs> um, God, even with our storyline, the, the Lord works it out so beautifully that you still belong. So no matter where you've come from, whether you've been adopted twice, three times, four times, you still belong. And the Lord has a seat for you. And the world may come to you and try to taunt you and say, well, look at your past. Look at your genes. Look at your um, natural bloodline. But just like these mighty women have said, the blood of Jesus runs through your veins. It runs through your veins. And he has given you a seat. And you know what? You've been grafted in, so that makes you worthy. You've been grafted in and you've been called a daughter of the most high God. A daughter of the most high God. And so how do we keep ourselves remembering that, you know, we belong at the table and that he's called us? Well, we sit under the spout. It's just so beautiful. We sit under the spout. We sit under the water, the living water. The word of God says that Jesus is our water. He's our water and he's our bread. He is the living water. So we sit under him so that he can continue to water the good seeds that have been planted. And believe me, a beautiful orchard is about to spring forth. A beautiful orchard. The king's orchard. Isn't it a wonder that he created us in the garden anyway? That's for another time. so good. My goodness. Don't you wish you could just sit like two more hours and listen to this? I'm like, oh my word. I'm like, it just, just revelation just comes out of them. Um, I wrote down a couple of things that came to me as they were talking. Um, one thing that Pastor Shero said to us yesterday is that monarchs recognize other monarchs. So one of the things that's got to be a very important part of our new garment that we put on this weekend is that we begin to affirm one another in that. Women of God, we've got to get rid of our jealousy, our cattiness, our being intimidated by one another. We have to get rid of that. And we cannot continue to be part of the problem. We have to begin to be part of the solution. Okay? And so we have to call one another up. Speak to one another up. Don't speak down to one another. Speak up to one another. I remember many years ago when the Lord, you know, God will give you prophetic words all the time. And um, one of the words that God had spoken over me, he called me out four times in one conference, which was cray cray. 
But one of the things he said was, I will set you before kings and queens. I will set you before heads of state and governors. Just ridiculous stuff like that. I'm like, what? But you know what I did? I went right back to my church and I began to talk to the women sitting in my church and I said, you're the queens that God has set me before. And I have one lady in particular that she had been married seven times, gone through seven marriages, and she came to me after a long process. We did a whole Esther nine-month-long process, and she came to me and she said, nobody, no preacher has ever spoken to me the way you did. You looked beyond all of my junk, and you called the queen out of me. And I said, but that's what, I didn't even use the monarch word then, but that's what God's kingdom daughters do for one another. And when you think about God calling you higher, you know, Pastor Amanda sent us a, a text message on Thursday night, wasn't it, with the eagle flying over the place? Well, eagles help groom other eagles. They help, they help listen, let me get that off of you. Not out of shame, but saying, listen, we don't want this to keep us from flying high because we're not called to live down here with the chickens. We're called to soar up in high places. We're going to catch the thermal dynamics in the spirit and we're going to soar to new heights because God has said to us, we're getting upgraded this week. So whether or not you believe that currently, you've got to begin to let that renew your mind and say, God, because you said it, I'm already living in the upgrade and my life will continue to reflect what your word has spoken over me. That was one thing. Then the other thing that I just wanted to mention, and you guys all feel free to chime in if there's something God gives you. But I want to share one more thing that God did in my life. You know, that's just the way I minister. I'm just like, I minister out of the experiences because my, my whole tagline from the beginning that I started, quote, ministry, was if God did it for me, he will surely do it for you. I've preached that all over the world and I believe it wholeheartedly. And um, one of the things that God showed me, my story um, was about severe depression. I was the one that was suicidal. I was living in a parsonage contemplating suicide. If you don't know what a parsonage is, it's the church they give their pastors or their people on staff. And so I would go and pray for people and I would silently go home and wish that I could find a way to die. I was that, that deep in depression. And God began to speak things over my life that were not true about my current condition. And he began to call me out. He said, I've called you a prophet to the nation. I've called you to prophesy. And I'm going, I can't get out of bed. I don't want to get out of bed. I want to come see you. Can you just save me and like zap me to heaven? I don't want to live this life. And so God had to keep pulling those layers out of me. It was deep, deep inner healing for many, many years that God did. But I remember so many years later, it was many, many years later. And those that you've ever followed my ministry, you've probably heard me share this testimony. But it was many years later that I was, I had come through that and uh, uh, God had showed me an open vision. Let me start there. God had showed me an open vision. It was a dead corpse lying in my parsonage den. I didn't know the corpse, but I knew what the corpse was. Mind, marriage, ministry, and money. Four things on the dead corpse. And the Lord spoke to me from Ezekiel. I've preached a whole message for years. This is what he said. Can anyone in this house still prophesy? And I, he said to me, do you believe that dead thing can live again? And I said, I can't make it live. I've tried. It's not within my power. 
And he spoke back to me as a commanding general. He said, the same spirit that raised me from the dead lives and dwells in you. He said, I've put my voice, I've put my breath in you. And this is where I heard a commanding general voice. Jesus is sweet, but when the father speaks, he speaks with authority. He said, I command you to begin to speak life and no more death. I command you to come up higher. I've called you to who you are and you're living beneath who I've called you to be. And I want you to get in alignment and agreement with my word and quit speaking death and only speak life. Well, I want you to know, just like it does naturally to resuscitate a natural life, it does the same thing to resuscitate things in the spirit. If you give up the first time that there's no breath in them, like you have to keep calling for the breath, you call for the four winds, you call for the swirl to come and lift this dead thing out of its current state. And that's what the Lord had me do for many, many years. But many years after my deliverance, I was walking through my house. HGTV was on. I don't like to cook, so I didn't care what they were talking about. It was entertainment for me. And they were talking about the making of olive oil. Since I don't cook, I don't care about olive oil. But the Lord said, I'm talking to you. And I heard the narrator say these words. They said, the olive goes through many pressings for the oil to be pure. And they said that the person operating the olive press knows exactly how much pressure to apply to extract the greatest amount of good out of the olive. And the Lord began to speak to me. He said, while you thought I was letting you be killed, while you thought I was going to let you die, actually, I was the one allowing the olive to be pressed because I knew what I put in you, little girl. And now that you're an adult, I'm calling for what was put in you before the foundation of the earth was ever laid. When I knit you together in your mother's womb, I put something in there. There was treasure in you that the enemy tried to kill, but I allowed the pressing because I had no idea idea that thousands upon thousands of people that God would take just my container of oil to pour out into the lives of people that I would go and declare if God got me out of hell's jail God's going to get you out of hell's jail you don't belong there it's not your inheritance it's not your portion Jesus didn't die for you to go to hell's jail so in the name of Jesus come out So when people say things like, how do you pray for people like you do? Fire comes out of you. Your hair looks crazy. You sweat like a man. And I say to myself, it was a costly oil. It cost me my life. But I made a decision. I would give it all to him. Because what I recognize is my oil was not just for me. It was for all of those that God would allow my life to touch. And here's the cool thing about God. You don't know that when you're going through your trial. When the layers are coming off your life, honey, you don't know that. But what you don't even recognize today by you standing and decreeing the word of the Lord and testifying, you just set other people in this room free. See, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And as you talk about Jesus and you tell people what Jesus did, it unyokes other people. And they say, if Jesus did it for her, I know he's about to do it for me. 
and it starts to swirl all over again because that girl gets free and that girl gets free and she begins to testify and she creates a swirl of the spirit. And this is what the enemy doesn't want you to know. Anybody got something you want to say? Because if not, I'm going to wrap it up and we're going to pray. How's that? This is what I want you to know. Your voice matters. So all of you that sit in this room and you think, I have a tiny little squeaky voice. It's meek. It's mild. It doesn't matter. Your voice matters. And let me just make it, let me bring it to the now. We're living in the decade of the pay. Okay? That pay is mouth. Okay? We didn't make this up. These are your Hebraic letters and numbers. When God set time in order, this is how God is ordering time. You could have lived in any other season, but God's got you living in the decade of the pay. This is God. So you have to understand your voice matters in this hour. What you say matters in this hour. And we've come out of this, this year of this rebuilding. We are still in it. We watched the deconstruction the, the wrecking ball, so to speak, happen in our world. But we are now in a season of rebuilding. Remember, I can still hear that major shift in the music. It's coming. It shifts this weekend. The music, the, the word in mus music language is the word transition. The music transitions from one mood or movement. You, were, you, you talked about Beethoven yesterday. If you study any of Beethoven's works, you see that. You see the transition and the transition, the orchestral uh, uh, playing that he did the way that he would bring the sounds together and the transition of the music brought a new, a new uh, it moves your mood in a whole different place. I want you to understand that's where you are this weekend. God is transitioning you. He's transitioning all of us. We're in the swirl as much as you're in the swirl. God's telling all of us, I am upgrading you. But this is where you've got to get out of your mind and get into the mind of Christ. This is not about you. It was never about me. But it was about God using my life to help other people as well, that I would be a living testimony, a living epistle. The same thing that God said to me is exact. You may not have a platform. You may not have a traveling ministry. That may not be God's will for your life. Can I say anything about you? Will you allow me to say just a little connection, Sister Ann? Okay. She's going, I guess. I mean, you got the microphone. What, what can I say? No, sorry. And I just barely know her, but Anyway, Sister Ann came with uh, Tarn Cross, and um, I've, I've just sat with her and just known she's a mighty woman of God. You could just sense it and feel it. I didn't know her story, but we got to talk last night, and she talked about, did you tell me 18 years you were a caregiver? 17 years she was a caregiver for various family members, and God had her sort of in a hidden place, okay? But... Karen whispered to me the other day, like just casually, like she's so-and-so's mom. And I about fell on the floor. 
Now, you may not be impressed by this, not one iota, but you will be after this. Those streams are about to go way up. Call them and tell them. But her children are uh, Kimberly and Alberto Rivera. Mm-hmm, I know. I know. Fall in the floor. All of you that know them, just fall on the floor. I know. And as I was listening again this morning, I told her, I said, like, your children are with me, like, all the time. Like, my YouTube is like, Kimberly and Alberto, Kimberly and Roberto, the glory, the this, the this. It puts me to sleep. It wakes me up. It's in my prayer time. Like, it's all the time. Like, I know her kids from their worship. And this morning, as I was listening again, I got to thinking, you had mama in what looked like a hidden place. (laughs) But the oil on her family's life has seeped into a global ministry. Talk it, say it, just say it. Don't tell me to say it, say it. I'm sorry. That's the difference between worship being an industry and worship being intimacy. That's my daughter, Eva, is here. And she told me last night that uh, when Tori and uh, Kaylee came and prayed for her, that that's what they were saying over her. You will never operate in the industry. You will always operate out of the intimacy. And that's the difference. So my point in just saying that is so powerful. I mean, that's exactly the truth. But what I'm telling you is you might be in a hidden place today, Esther. God may have you hidden. Nobody may know your name. But I'm telling you, God is using your life even now. Why don't you stand with us this morning? Did you get anything out of these mighty women of God today? Lord, have mercy. I want us to end in prayer again as we did yesterday and prepare our hearts for what is yet to come because I'm telling you, it's coming. And I believe that God had us deal with this topic today because this was a governmental assignment. Like mentally, you have to have a renewal of the mind. And it won't just happen today, but it's going to happen continuously. A renewal of the mind. Tomorrow when the enemy wakes up and tries to tell you all of that was a bunch of hooey, that wasn't for you, you have to tell him, no, no, I'm going to govern mentally. And I'm going to pull down the stronghold. I'm going to cast down the imagination. I'm going to bring this thought into the obedience of Christ. And I'm going to believe what God says and who God says I am through the power of the Holy Spirit. Because that's what I told Pastor Amanda yesterday when she said that. I said, the Lord had reminded me of that yesterday morning, the fact that the Holy Spirit is our governor. He's our governor. And if he's not governing your life, you need to let him govern your life. So I want us just to pray, and I want to pray over you today that the Holy Spirit will begin to, as Pastor Jojo said, these are seeds that are going deep. 
And that now God will begin to take the water that Sister Tarn talked about and begin to water those seeds that have been planted deep within your spirit and they will not be washed away today, but that they will take root. And as someone said, I believe Sister Cecilia said it last night, she said, you will not be the same this time next year, but you will come back to this conference carrying your baby. And I believe that and I decree that over you today. So Father, right now with every hand lifted in this room, I thank you today, God, that the word of the Lord is being released over your daughters. It has already been said this weekend, God, that this is the day of the daughter, God. And I thank you, Lord, that you're raising us up, God, to sit with you in heavenly places. You've already given us a seat, God, in the heavenlies, Lord, but I think you're helping us understand where we are seated, God, even in our earthly understanding here, God. So we thank you that today, Father, we thank you that you are renewing our minds. You're quickening our spirits, oh God. My spirit man has been so alive this weekend, God. And I thank you, Lord. You are revealing deep hidden treasures, God, from your word, God. You're unearthing things. You're illuminating things, God, by your spirit. And we thank you for it today, Jesus. And I just pray right now, Lord, that fresh oil is coming again to the heads of the daughters this morning, that a fresh anointing is coming for this day. We thank you for what was yesterday. We thank you for what was the day before, but we thank you for what is coming yet, God. We know that great things are coming our way because you are going to send us out of here full of oil, full of the anointing, God, so that we can go back and we can shift things in our area, that we can create a swirl, God, in our region and in our territory, God. So we just give you praise in advance. We just give you glory in advance that you are working in our midst, God. And I want to challenge you one more time to do one more thing because I believe this so, so strongly. I know in my own life what God's been teaching me about the power of my own voice. When I tell you it has real property that really moves the earth, science has proven what the word had decreed all those years ago. Sound creates light Sound reverberates and moves things. Sound is so very powerful. This is why the enemy tries to come and steal our voice. This is why. So your, your voice has power today. Just as we see Pastor Jojo, which I hope in a minute she does it again. When she opens her mouth... She is a trumpeteer in the, it is as if she is blowing a shofar in the spirit. And we know how piercing and how penetrating that sound is. But that's what the Bible says that we are. We are that trumpet for the Lord in the earth today. So I want you, before they ever play a note of worship, I want you to extend your hands up to heaven like lightning rods today. And I want you to begin to release the sound of the Lord out of your mouth that I believe is going to shred the atmosphere. It's going to invite heaven into this room. Angels are going to attend to the voice of the daughters of God today through their worship. Come on, come on, come on. Open your mouth. Open your mouth and release the sound of the Lord. Hey, 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 hey. Hey, hey, hey. Stir your spirit, man, up. Come on. Pray from your spirit. Praise from your spirit today. 
Come on, women of God. If you're going to be a birther, you got to learn how to push. She said you're going to have a baby this time next year. You better learn how to push. We're in a crowning season. The baby is crowned. Some of you need to just sing in the spirit right now. Release the song of the Lord out of your spirit today. Doesn't matter if it has words or not. None of that matters. Release the sound of the Lord. Release heaven's sound into the earth. You've got to catch your second wind, girls. You've got to catch your second wind. The wind of God is blowing. He wants to catch us up in a swirl. Today is going to be one of the swirliest days you've ever been in. And your spirit's got to be ready to receive what God's ready to deposit. Get your spirit in line with the spirit of God today. I say use your voice. God is weaponizing the voices of his daughters. They are shredding atmospheres. They are shredding territories. But you gotta learn the power of your voice.